Uh, good afternoon and welcome to the next edition of Talking Seniors, a podcast presented by the firm of Aeneas, Scanlon and Sirignano with offices in White Plains and Somers, New York. My name is Anthony J. Aenea. I am the managing member of Aeneas, Scanlon and Sirignano. Uh, we are a boutique law firm. We practice exclusively in the areas of elder law, wills, trust, and estates, guardianships, Medicaid applications, and uh, anything to do with the state administration for a senior or deceased one. We handle all aspects of wills, trust, and estates matters. I'm so pleased to have as my guest this afternoon, Grace Ferry, who is the chief marketing officer of United Hebrew, which is a part of the Harry and Jeanette Weinberg campus that comprises of United Hebrew Geriatric, uh, Willow Towers, uh, Willow, remind me of the last one there, Grace? Willow Gardens. Willow, Willow Gardens. Gardens Memory Care, yes. Memory Care. And thank you very much for joining us today. So My pleasure. The topic that we're going to discuss today is really about assisted living and whether or not assisted living is a viable option for seniors today as a form of housing, especially in light of what's happened with COVID-19. And I think it's an important topic because seniors that need to be in an environment outside of their home have a difficult choice to make. And the choice is, gee, uh, can I go to assisted living, especially during this period of time? And if so, what protection, protections and precautions are being taken to make me safe? And especially this is going to be a concern that I'm sure you're hearing a lot from, from the parents, from the children of your prospective clients. Is that correct, Grace? Absolutely. Um, assisted living is um, still a viable option for seniors who are in the community and need some assistance. Um, the reality is, is that um, seniors are far more safe in this environment because we have stringent infection control protocols that we've put into place um, making sure that um, all of the staff are tested weekly, all of our residents have been tested. Um, we have uh, extraordinary amounts of cleaning procurement that are done on a daily basis. Um, we have um, sanitized um, all of our uh, doors and we have systems where um, caregivers who are on each floor only care for the residents on that floor so they're not pervasing from floor to floor. Um, so if someone is sick, it's not spreading from, from place to place. So we have lots of uh, protocols and procedures in place, um, taking temperatures of uh, residents and, um, and of staff every day, everyone's wearing a mask, um, so, and face shields at this point of time to ensure that there's no spreading of the illness um, should someone come symptomatic into the facility. So, <clears throat> What distinguishes an assisted living facility from other types of facilities, such as a nursing home, a continuing care retirement community, what, or an independent living scenario? What are the major factors that make it an, an assisted living facility and not one of the other types of facilities? Sure. So an assisted living facility is an environment where someone has a degree of independence in their lifestyle. So they have their own apartment and we are um, a subset that can provide them with care and they can age in place in the surrounding. Uh, we could provide them with assistance with their daily living, with um, 
dress, getting dressed, um, with taking a shower, with their medication management. Um, when you go into a skilled nursing facility, um, it's just that you have a skilled need. And so that's really for people who um, are chronically ill and frail and need 24 hour skilled assistance. Assisted living um, is really for someone who needs socialization as a core part of their um, their daily life, in addition to a support team to care for them should they need those services in the future. So it's it kind of goes across the boundaries of nursing home care as well. So you have aspects of assisted living that kind of border on something and services that you would get in a nursing home, but it's still a completely different setup. Absolutely, because there's some degree of independence that you need to live in, in assisted living. You're, you, in essence, have your own apartment. So if you were in your apartment and you closed the door and you needed to summons for help, you would need to have the wherewithal to press a, a call bell to say, I need some, um, I need some assistance. Whereas when you're in a nursing home, there are rounds and there's constantly someone coming in and out of your room to see what's going on with your health. So it's an whole interdisciplinary team at a skilled nursing home, whereas in assisted living, it's um, care is given is task driven. You need to, uh, an aide will come into your apartment and provide you with assistance, um, getting out of bed, getting dressed should you need it. There are some residents who come to assisted living who have no care needs, but really need that socialization component. Um, need, we all need a reason to get up in the morning and have sense of purpose and something to do. And that's what really assisted living uh, provides in life for them. And I think it's a valuable service. I think, you know, if you said to me, you know, what is the one thing that, you know, assisted living or independent living provides individuals is the socialization aspect. You know, as people age, and we don't have nuclear families anymore like we did back in the 50s and 60s. You know, it's not unusual for a parent come to see me and I ask them where their kids are. And, you know, all the kids are in on the West Coast or in Ohio or California. I mean, I had a gentleman come to see me recently and he had two children and they both lived in Japan. So obviously he can't rely on them for any day to day care. I mean, it would take them, you know, 48 hours to get here even on at the spur of the moment, it would be a difficult task. So it's not easy for people that are living alone to get that level of socialization that they would get in an assisted living facility. But, for sure. So and, when, and I think it's the responsibility of the assisted living to become their, their new family, to be um, a, a place that has consistency of care, that can provide them with robust socialization activities, not um, just bingo, but intellectual programs and, and um, lectures and TED Talks and exercise um, to really engage mind and body. Um, it, that's the obligation of an assisted living, a good assisted living, like Willow Towers and Nourishell. So it's to basically give people a, a really a, a, a center of continuing care and a center of continuing socialization, keeping yeah. the mind and the body sharp at the same time. Yes, because we want seniors to thrive and live as an independent and autonomous life as they can, but have the support team there should they need it. So at your campus, you have multiple types of facilities. Can you describe what those facilities are? Sure. So the United Hebrew Campus of Services in Nourishell um, provides skilled nursing, and we've partnered with the renowned Burke Rehabilitation Hospital to provide our short-term rehabilitation on site. We are Willow Towers Assisted Living. 
We're Willow Gardens Memory Care, and Willow Gardens Memory Care is really Westchester's first assisted living that caters to um, exclusively for those with Alzheimer's and dementia-related disorders. We have a home care division, and we have independent um, housing for seniors. So kind of one-stop shopping for senior services in Rochelle. So no matter what life throws at you, we could care for you on our campus. So is Willow Towers Memory Care a separate building on the campus? So Willow, uh, Willow Towers is our assisted living pavilion. We have a small memory care facility on our third floor. Willow Willow Gardens Memory Care right, is right. freestanding um, assisted living that just caters to memory care. Excellent. So it's a large footprint for memory care. So if, for example, I were to come to Willow Towers and I, I said, listen, I have my mom, she has these needs. What decisions, what things would you look at in determining the level of care that she would need? What things sure. would you assess? So we would have a conversation with the family first to see what kind of care needs is mom getting at home? Is she partnering with a home care agency and is she getting assistance and how many um, hours a day is she getting that? Um, does she have any kind of cognitive impairments? Um, after we had this conversation with um, their children or with their family, we would then go out to their environment, their home, um, and uh, have a physical hands-on approach to see how that senior is living in their own environment. In the world of COVID, um, it's a little more challenging to be quite frank with you. So we're doing things uh, a, a lot more remotely and electronically, just like you and I today are, Anthony, are speaking to each other and having this podcast socially distant. Uh, we do a lot of Zoom visits. Um, we have the opportunity to really see someone and engage with them. And we will be the conduit in trying to foster that technology between ourselves and the potential resident. So an assisted living facility, many times when people ask me about them, I, they ask me, well, how much does it cost and what's included in the basic cost? Mm -hmm. Because I know that there are levels of care and as you're getting higher levels of care, the cost goes up. So what right. is generally included, not just at your facility, but everywhere in the, the basic monthly cost of being in an assisted living facility? So the base rate usually includes three meals a day. Some places it's two meals a day. And it's kind of like living in a hotel. They make your bed, they take out your trash, they'll do your laundry and linens. Um, they'll provide weekly housekeeping. Some facilities like Willow Towers will pro provide transportation to doctor's visits. And then all of the activities that are included for socialization. And your rent is really dictated upon how much care you need. So if you need help bathing or dressing or um, need assistance of toileting, all of those um, services have a price tag associated with them. And that's how your rent increases. And that's so how I'd the like care to plan refer is. that as like an a la carte menu. Correct. So basically there's the basic cost, three meals or two meals a day, the mm -hmm. housekeeping. But if you need additional care, then you have to pay an additional amount, depending on the level of additional care you need. Sure, yes. So if, for example, I needed additional care at your facility, would I be allowed to bring in an aid of my own and have that aid paid for by Medicaid? In our facility, you would not be able to do that. Um, Willow Towers Assisted Living has an enhanced certification. So what that means is that we are licensed to provide um, some nursing care. We're allowed to put our hands on you. 
um, to help you get in and out of a chair, to provide wound therapies, to, um, to provide uh, your insulin injections. And because we have that enhanced certification, um, we can't have a third party provider provide those services. Because if that third party came in and say dropped mom or dad, um, your mom or dad is ours and under our license and our services, we need to be the caretaker for them. So um, it wouldn't be allowed in our facility. In some independent um, assisted livings that don't have that enhanced certification, um, they would be allowed to do those. So in essence, what you're really saying is that at your facility, you don't need to bring in an aid That's because correct. you know you have the ability to handle these additional you know, uh, care needs that kind of bleed into what a nursing home would provide. Uh, correct. Um, the biggest um, thing that I tell families when I meet them is to look broadly and to make sure when they're looking for a facility for their loved one, to make sure that this facility has the capacity to care for them should mom or dad's needs change. Uh, you wanna pull the trigger once. You don't want to move mom or dad into an assisted living and then maybe two years later, mom needs a lot more care and now you have to find another place that could to accommodate her services. Yeah, I find that to be the most disruptive thing for seniors. Seniors don't like change and they don't like to be moved. And when you're bouncing around from one place to another, especially a senior that has some cognitive deficits, I found that they've gotten worse by moving them. So moving seniors around, especially if they have cognitive deficits can be problematic. So that makes sense. I think it makes sense to find a place that you know that is going to be working for your mom or dad or any loved one for a significant period of time, not mm -hmm. just a stepping stone into the nursing home. I mean, that's really for the next sure. step, correct? I mean, for, once. For sure. For sure. You know, um, change is hard for all of us, and especially for seniors who have been living, say, in their home for 50 years and then make that transition and in going into assisted living and then staying there for, say, two years and having to move again. Um, it's, it's disorienting and it's very hard for them to kind of adapt um, to a new environment, especially if there's some, um, you know, dementia is rearing its ugly head. Yeah, that's the big thing. Change is not something that seniors love. And, and that disorienting effect is truly disorienting. You know, mm -hmm. they don't know where to go to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. There's all these issues yeah. that they you know, find themselves in. And sometimes they can get frightened because they say, oh my God, I'm in a different environment. Where am I? So it's, mm -hmm. it's problematic. So we're all dealing with COVID-19, you know, whether you're an attorney, an accountant, but in your industry in particular, you know, it's had a significant effect. You know, we've all read articles and seen the news about, you know, the impact of COVID-19 on nursing home residents. I assume that your facility fared a lot better than most nursing home residents? We absolutely have. And the reason for that is that um, we had great infection control protocols prior to the pandemic. Um, it's unfortunate that the, some, the media has really uh, led uh, nursing homes and assisted living uh, facilities that provide great services to seniors uh, wear the scarlet letter. Um, the reason why they closed college dormitories is, is once the um, virus got in, um, it was able to be pervasive throughout the dormitory. And it, it's the same in um, skilled nursing facilities. And so, um, you know, we are very fortunate 
um, that um, we have leadership there who were extremely proactive and we did everything that we could to protect our seniors uh, within the confines of our campus. Clearly this is going to impact the industry for many years to come. What steps have you taken at your facility to kind of reassess how you do things? And, you know, for example, you know, semi-private rooms, is that something now going to be a thing of the past? Well, Moving I think I think that they should be a thing of the, of the past personally, but um, at Willow Towers Assisted Living on our memory care uh, floor, we had some semi-private rooms and we chose to create, make all of our rooms private because of that. And I think um, just as myself, as I'm getting older, um, no one wants to be in a semi-private room. So um, for infection control measures and just to really cater to people's uh, wishes. And our strategic plan um, for the campus of United Hebrew and moving forward into the future is that we hope to be a single bedded facility throughout every um, line of business on the campus of United Hebrew. That means in the nursing home, in memory care, and in assisted living. So we do not want to have any, we don't want to have any um, semi-private rooms um, in the future. So uh, we're leading toward that path. We've already started that in memory care. Where do you see the industry going in the future? What changes do you see coming? Obviously, you've been in this industry for over 20 years. You, you know where the industry was 20 years ago, and you know how it's evolved. But where do you see it going in the future? What things do you see changing for assisted living facilities and other long-term care facilities going forward? I, the, I think the problem that some assisted livings are going to have to um, face and acknowledge is that um, with the regard to infection control protocols, um, to educate their staff, to not have, um, to have more open space um, for seniors to um, walk around and to have um, dining services, maybe not with um, tables of six and, and eight anymore, but you know, a more intimate um, dining of people of two and three having more seatings during their dining services. Um, we're taking a step back and see how do we provide this robust um, programming for seniors and still let them live a quality of life. So we do that and in our um, activity room, socially distance, we have virtual um, activities. So if someone is uncomfortable coming downstairs, um, we are able to um, provide iPads and provide um, Zoom technology. So if they wanted to participate in an exercise class, they can in their apartment without coming into um, uh, um, the activity room. Uh, we provide a lot of one-to-one -one, uh, and it's something that we've invested in as a campus as a whole um, to invest in one-to-one -one activities with seniors to keep them productive and not isolated. So I think that um, the investment into staff and the investment into that socialization is something that um, facilities across um, America are gonna have to look closely at. Yeah, because if you think about it, socialization is the one thing that is common throughout all facilities, no matter whether you have a swimming pool or not, or a mm -hmm. tennis court or not, but the socialization aspect, the communal dining, the communal events, that's been something that's been steadfast in, throughout the industry. And now the question is going to be, where is that going to be in the future? Are you still gonna have communal dining? I know there was a, a concept out there for a while where in a nursing home, there would be more communal living. Everybody would have their separate room, but then there would be a large room 
outside where you could watch TV together with people. You could have snacks and food with people. I don't know if that's going to work going into the future. Do you see something like that working? You know, with the onset of the vaccination, I really do. I think that, you know, we have some bumpy days ahead of us, um, Anthony. And um, with the onset of the vaccination coming forward, um, I think that maybe not tomorrow, but um, there will be normalcy again. Um, I think that we just have to be safe and be socially distant and wear our masks and encourage um, residents to wear their masks and wash their hands and have great um, infection control uh, policies in hand and, and really educate the staff about that in an effort to still live a, a good quality of life. And living a good quality of life means being with people. I agree with you. I, I, I think that you know the communal part is always going to be part of the nursing home allure, not allure, but an option. And the same with assisted living, that that communal setting is very important to the socialization of individuals who can't live at home anymore. So I agree with you that once the vaccine is in place, I do see a return to normalcy. But I, I'm sure there's going to be things that your industry is going to have to do to tweak, especially if something like COVID rears its ugly head again, you know, sure. five, 10 years down the line. I mean, that's just one virus, COVID-19. There are other viruses that have come out in the past that could come back and other issues. So I think there's gonna be change like in every industry. And I think the changes are going to be positive. That's what I'm seeing. Because I think everybody has learned from COVID-19. Everybody's gone through this learning experience together. Yeah, I think, you know, we're keeping our residents connected um, to hobbies they love and, and to do and, and, and people they love to see. Um, a lot of these uh, virtual activities and adapted group programs into one-to-one -one activities, I think that will be now and that will also be in the future for sure. So if I'm interested in coming to United Hebrew, how do I contact you? If you'd like to give us your contact information. Um, sure, I would love to provide um, anyone who needs information uh, about um, senior services and elder services for their family. Um, I could be reached at United Hebrew of Nourishell. Um, our website is www.uhgc.org. I could be reached at 914-632-2804. I'm on extension 1190. And um, my job and goal is to provide people with the tools that they need to make an informed decision for their loved one, whether it be skilled nursing, assisted living, memory care, home care um, on our campus in Nourishelle. Right. Grace, thank you very much. I want to thank our audience again for allowing us to come to you today with the podcast Talking Seniors. Uh, we're going to be releasing these podcasts soon, and I look forward to seeing everyone in the new year. Happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, and happy holidays to everyone, and a happy new year. Thank you very much, Grace. Thank you thank for you, joining Anthony. us Thank you, Anthony. It's been my pleasure. Thank you thank so you. much. Thank you.